Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Cultural Reset. This is Nick Lee and Shay Irvin here, and we are here again with an incredible and revolutionary artist that I can't wait to speak to. Um, would you mind introducing yourself? My name is Kristen Grace. Kristen, like a girl's name, not to be confused with Christian Gray from Fifty Shades. I get that a lot. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm glad to be here, y'all. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thanks absolutely. for being here. So we wanted to start off by asking kind of a new question that we haven't really asked our artists yet. And this is a question that's kind of designed to be like a free answer for you to, you know, just talk and, you know, be personable. Um, so how do you, like, who are you? Like, what is your identity? You know, who are you as a person? How would you describe yourself? Um, I identify him. Um, I am, you know, I'm, I'm from Columbus, Ohio. So I'm from the Midwest, shout out to all of the Midwesterns. Um, we recently moved out of Daytona and uh, I feel like um, the space here, it fits a little bit more of who I've become, you know, coming from the Midwest um, and being an artist. Um, I think I outgrew the space. Um, and so now I'm just in a place where I'm able to uh, function a little bit more freely, met some really great people. I'm blessed, man. I have. Um, I have two children and one on the way. I have a, a daughter, Maya. She's nine years old from a previous marriage. And um, my wife, Shana, and I have a 11 month year old baby girl and we have a son on the way in um, April. So we've been busy, man, during quarantine. Congrats. <laughs> That's incredible. We're doing good, man. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a lover. Um, I'm a fighter for what I believe in. I'm very honest. Um, in my art um, and, and in life now, you know, it's just at some point you realize, you know, the artist and the person, um, they don't always have to be two separate people. And um, I choose to be who I am across the board. So, um, yeah, man, I love music. I love design. Um, I love uh, people. Yeah. And I love God. Right on. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so can we dig into your creative side? Um, how do you find your creative space? Like, how do you get into the space where you feel comfortable to start making music? Uh, music uh, isn't really a choice for me. You know, it, it it's always with me. I used to say it haunts me, but I think I just was trying to be normal, you know what I mean? So it felt like it was just something I couldn't get out of when I wanted to be, uh, you know, present around friends or family or, um, you know, church, you know, and I couldn't turn it off, right? Society, I couldn't turn it off. I'm always writing music in my head. I'm writing music right now in my mind. And um, so getting in a space that facilitates that has always been difficult for me. I usually have had to create it up until I moved recently to Daytona, really found a great studio down here with some brilliant genius minds who are working with everybody you can think of from Ariana Grande to Charlie Puth to Lil Wayne to me, <laughs> you know what I mean? So um, it takes it takes some seeking sometimes to really figure out the best way to create a space or find a space that will facilitate who you are as an artist. And for me, I feel like I've just now kind of come into that up until this point, I've been doing music for about 20 years, I'm 34, and I was doing it since I was 14. It was uh, it was always hard, you know. I, I would lock myself in my room as a 
as a um, teenager and I put my headphones on and just make music, you know, and nobody really knew what I was doing. Um, as an adult, you know, I would travel, I would tour throughout my 20s. Um, and even then, like you're performing or you're in the studio, but I'm still making music while I'm at the grocery store. I'm still making music when I'm in conversations with my friends who either do or don't understand what I'm doing. Um, and now, like I said, Shannon, I think it's just really more about starting and ending with the, the space that really facilitates who you are. Yeah. So the people and the place. I think the people, the place, I think um, just the communities. Yeah, the, 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 the environment, what, what, what morals and what belief systems are around you, all of that yeah. energy you feel. And um, nobody wants to always feel like a rebel. You know what I mean? I don't, mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, that's cool. You know, when I'm, when I'm trying to prove a point or when I'm trying to um, stand up for myself, but when it's time for me to create, I like to be in a collaborative environment and I like to be around people and energy that really, um, if it's not on the same page as where I am, it's a page that I love, you know what I mean? And, and I can respect and, and understand. Um, I went to an art college. Um, it was called the Columbus College of Art and Design. It was, it was one of the top ones in the world at the time. And um, also went to OSU in their department of design. And what I would find is there was such a small area of the city and such a small area of the campus at OSU that was dedicated to design. Mm -hmm. And you, you often just didn't really relate to other people in the community, but everybody looks at you and loves what you do. Mm -hmm. So I try not to make that too accessible. You have to kind of come to my world to really understand who I am and what I do now. And if you don't, then hope you enjoy the music <laughs> but other than that you, you know we're not going we're not going to vibe you know i have to protect yeah. myself i have to have boundaries i have to to be careful because all of that will affect the art um and i am in a space where i am putting myself out there i'm a very vulnerable artist um i'm a very vulnerable person so i am mm -hmm. putting myself out there i have to make sure that as i'm giving it to people who can not only um reinterpret it but they can also, you know, they have commentary on my life, right? Whatever I put out there. While that happens, I got to make sure I'm around people and places that really service who I am. So protecting your energy and really finding a way to be around and be in a space that's productive towards your artwork. Right. I love that. No, that's actually like really, really important because like a lot of people don't really think about this, but like you really are a product of your environment, like whether you want to be or not, like mm -hmm. where you are, where you allow yourself to reside is it's going to become a part of you eventually. So I'm really happy. Yeah, to and I mean, protect, you yourself. know, I'm a, I'm a black man in America. Um, so there's always going to be some, some opposition, you know, that I have to face um, in different environments, but it doesn't have to be, the uh, the energy that I feed off of. Mm -hmm. um, I have found a lot of great resources and I've traveled the world. So I've found myself in different places and really been able to enjoy that. So I think it's just about being open. I think it's about exploring new places and people who come from different, different environments. Cause like you said, like 
you're always going to be a product of your environment, even if even if you you can't control that. But what you do with what you become is something totally different than where you came from. Mm-hmm. So I like to find people who have made their own personal de- decision and have gone through an indiv- individualization process within themselves and have decided, you know, this is where I come from. This is who I am. This is who I'm going to be. And this is, you know, what I want to do. I would like to start there other than, you know, I don't always like going in the environments because some people don't know, you know, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to figure it out for you. And this doesn't, this, this isn't me, <laughs> you know, so um, shout out to my hometown. You know, I just, as an artist, they, t- they say all the time, sometimes you got to leave, you know, yeah. before they respect you. So I did have that time. Um, I've been signed to RCA twice and both times I was with Sony, I was living in, Columbus, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And um, I was trying to kind of put on for my city like Drake would do in Toronto. And right. it's extremely hard. You know, you ask those guys who try to stay put, it's extremely hard to get the, the environment around you sometimes to understand where you're going. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just go where you feel where you feel appreciated. Yeah. And from the conversation that we've had with some other artists, too, that seems to be like a really common issue. You know, like there's people around you in your life that you love and that you care for and that understand you, but like don't really understand you. Like they don't or support you or support you. And they don't really they can't really see the vision that you have for yourself in terms of your future path. And a lot of people run into that sort of like dichotomy. They don't really know what to do and they feel lost and they don't know whether to choose themselves or whether to choose the people around them and their current conditions. You know, um, that's true. Um, You know, Shannon, this isn't for you. Nick, this probably isn't for you, but anybody who I've run into that, that try to get me to fit into a consensus. I mean, at this point, I'm just kind of like, fuck them. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's really where I am. You know what I mean? It's, 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 it's not a, it's not a rite of passage to get people to think how you think. Right. Um, even if they come from the environment or even if they feel the way, you know, feel, have felt certain ways that are similar to you in the past, we're, mm-hmm. we're human beings. You know, we evolve. We, we're not, I'm not still 14 years old. You know what I mean? I'm not still 24. I'm, I'm 34. The Lord willing, I'll be 44 one day. And as I grow and as I develop and as I learn new things, not just about the world, but about myself, I mean, I've got a lifetime to learn who I am. I'm going to freely express that. And I'll tell you that, you know what I mean? If you and I are friends, then I'll tell you where I am. And if you don't like it, then I'm not going to change. That means that you have to decide, are you going to learn about me as I'm learning about myself? Or, you know, we might have to respectfully part ways. It's probably a more polite way of what I'm saying earlier, but that's, that's how I really feel right now. I have to protect this energy because if I'm going to give it to the world, it has to be pure. It has to be golden because I don't want to give anybody something tainted or project my life in a negative way on people. I want to give them what's honest, what's positive, and what's going to help them along their journey to trying to find out who they are. So what got you to this point? Like where, like, when did you, cause like a lot of people struggle with kind of coming to that realization, right? What catalyst sort of like kicked off this kind of self peace that you have? I was, um, I grew up in church. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was one of the most traumatic experiences. Um, you know, and I used to, 
I used to really be bothered by people talking about, um, you know, Christianity. I'll just be, I'll be specific in a negative light, you know, because I do feel like I have a personal relationship with God. I talk to God all the time. I feel, I feel very in tune, you know, and um, I just didn't want, you know, some sort of religion to that, that people would talk about in a negative way to be what everybody thought of God. Right. And so I would find myself protecting, thinking I was protecting the reputation of my God when really I was protecting a system that I don't truly believe reflects who he is. Hmm. Right. And um, in protecting such a system, I mean, I mean that all the way down to, um, you know, contextualizing scriptures down to the way people are, are treated in different church environments. I mean, there's, I don't know how many denominations in Christianity, but it's a lot. So I know, I know a lot about what's behind the curtain and I know about what it looks like when you're not behind the curtain. And I think in both ways, you know, all of us have been affected um, in both positive and negative ways, but I don't want to be a part of the problem. So mm-hmm. I had to consistently make decisions to rebel against the system. Um, as a music artist, a lot of my music was, um, I mean, I talk about my faith, a lot of my music. Uh, I have a, it's, it's not just like a, it's not just like some aloof, far away, um, distant relationship with, uh, a, you know, a being that I won't define. No, I feel like I have a really deep personal relationship with God. You know what I mean? Like, it's very, if I didn't have that, you wouldn't be talking to me right now. Like, if I gave you my life experiences, I feel like that would hold a lot more weight than even quoting scriptures. You know what I mean? But in that, there's certain people who want to format to fit their agenda and they will use the same, they will use the same context that you're using, but use it in a different way, right? They will say, well, you have to think like this and act like this. And I think I naturally fought against that. Um, What ended up happening was after going through so many ups and downs in my career because of that, I finally got to a place where I had to make a decision. I was kind of forced to, I've gone through a divorce. Um, you know, at this point I had walked away from, from two record deals, actually three, I walked away from three record deals, two majors and an independent. Saw a lot of success with my music, but it didn't come from the people who said they were gonna support me. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately in my relationship with my current wife, who I love, I can't even put words on that. You know what I mean? That's my queen. She saw me in the middle of this and and continue to push me to be who I actually am. I just felt like it was time. You know, we've got, like I said, we got a, a young boy on the way. You know what I mean? The king is coming now, the, the, the little prince is coming. And we have a little girl too. I don't want to raise my children to um, be a part of a system that, that caused me a lot of trauma, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that I can still show them who I believe God to be without controlling how they feel about it. Mm-hmm. And also without attaching them to something that I actually think is it functions against God. So I know that's a really bold statement, but you know, that's 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 really where I am. And that's really where I've always been. It's just now I'm like, we're gonna create the space around that. And um, you know, when I met the guys down here in Daytona, I didn't know we we decided to leave. I was living in Cincinnati, I was working at a church for three years met some really great people there, but I couldn't stay put there. It was causing me to, 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 um, 
it was causing me to become unhealthy mentally, emotionally, uh, physically. I felt unhealthy being in an environment that um, I was trying to help move forward that I just didn't think, you know, really could get all the way in. I'm a very black and white person. Maybe that's why my last name's Gray. You know what I mean? It's like, if you love me, you love me. And everything that comes with me, you love me. You don't have to like me all the time, but we're going to stick together. It's going to be unconditional. If you don't, you don't, you know? So I feel that way about people. I feel that way about myself, right? And I want that to be a consistent thing that comes from me and energy that I exchange with other people. Well, it did get to that point where I decided that it was it was too much for me. Um, I ended up in a mental ward last August. Um, I've dealt a lot with, sex, with, with, I guess what you would classify as sex addiction. I'm starting to feel differently about that now because I think that you can find a lot of distractions and there's a lot of negative ways to cope with life that a lot of times people just don't have labels for. But um, I also had a, a, a belief system that caused me to feel like I couldn't stop doing this thing. I don't even feel that way anymore. You know what I mean? So lots of money spent on therapy, um, lots of time, you know, putting on faces to be in different environments that I didn't really felt, you know, feel service me, but I had to go there to get the bag. You know what I mean? Like I had to, <laughs> right. I had to put on and a lot even goes, a lot of that even goes into my, um, just my journey as a black man. That's something that's very common. You know, we have to, we have to talk a certain way. We have to look a certain way. We have to express a certain way or else it could be a threat to certain people in society. And there used to be a time when I was growing up where I would hear my parents talk about it. And, you know, they may laugh and joke and say, well, maybe you won't get the right job if you don't talk a certain way, or we're not going to name our son Odyssey because, you know, maybe he won't get a good, he won't, he'll have a bad job interview or something like that. You know, mind you, I'm an artist. I think Odyssey is a, is a dope name, you know what I mean? But right. But you're not going to be able to get the job at the bank if your name is Odyssey and you're black. Now we're having different conversations. You might just get shot if you were, if you have braids, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you, you might just get killed. Um, if you just look a certain way, you might just be going in your house and that's what happened recently. Um, I don't know if you guys heard about the story. I can't remember the guy's name. It's been so many people in Columbus, Ohio. He was just, he was going in his house. He was just going in his house. He had just got back from the grocery store. You know, cop just rolled up on him, shot him, ended his life. He wasn't doing anything. There was no, we were looking for a guy. Okay, so why me? Because I didn't have on a button up. I didn't have a low cut fade and I didn't talk really preppy and I didn't live in the suburbs. But there will be a time where those people get shot too. So I don't even remember what the question was, but <laughs> Kristen, you just oh my God. hit the nail on the head in so many different regards with religion, with social issues. I, because as a, I'll just I'm going to start with the black man part because I, I really can identify with that experience. It is insane the level of 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 like um, the kind of faces that we have to put on to be in different spaces, Like it's really messed up. Like for me personally, I can tell you that like, um, like I grew up going to like a, an all white school, right? And when I went to these all white schools, you did too? So you know exactly what it was like, you know, like having all to- All black church, all white school. Two completely different worlds. And like, you have to like, when, you, when you're going to all white school, you have these people that you're surrounded with and they're not necessarily bad, but they don't understand you. And they judge you based on these stereotypes that have been passed down from generation to generation to generation to them. 
and they ask you ridiculous questions. They, you know, they exclude you and they kind of like, or they kind of um, integrate you into their lives, but as like a component that fits like their need. So like you become that black stereotype for them. You're the funny one and you're the, or you're the one with the nice hair. You're the one that like, oh, your hair feels like a rug, like that type of stuff like that. So like, exactly. that, like that really affects black males specifically. And I think that this is the perfect interview that we're talking about this with since it's going out Black History Month. Um, like, like that, that molds a person when you have to, you know, switch through all these different identities and code switch over and over and over again, that creates somebody who kind of has a sort of identity crisis in a way. You lose sight, at least for me, for a time I lost sight of who I was because I had to wear all these different hats and become these different people just yeah. to survive. It's, it's, it's traumatic. And, um, you know, now it's like a, it's a, it's a topic of interest mm -hmm. in our country, which I'm like, okay, you know, you guys want to talk, not you guys, but like people in general want to talk about it. And I'm like, I might not want to talk about it because I've actually been living this and that doesn't mean I'm not trying to solve the problem. It doesn't mean anything. It just means that you might just have to come over here and, and spend some time over here. You know what I mean? I, you might have to change your entire perspective and just go, you know, you can't, you'll never understand, right? I think that's really, I think that's really what it is. So you might just have to admit that. You might have to admit that. And even when it becomes a topic of interest, I mean, for all of us, we have we have multiple things that we have no idea about. Right. Mm -hmm. Like. We could go down the line of many different topics and we're going to find things that we can relate to within those topics. And we're going to have certain things where it's like I've never heard of that. I, one of my fun, one of the things that is, is so amusing to me as, as an artist is somebody will be like, hey, man, have you heard this new song by so and so? And, you know, and I'm like, I don't know who that is. I've never heard of them in my entire life. And that's just a reality. And some people are like that with me. They've never heard, they don't even know what a Kristen Gray is. You know what I mean? I can't feel any kind of way about that. That's just, it just is what it is. The only thing I can do right now is address this identity crisis because I want the freedom of not having this identity crisis. Yeah. So I'm going to spend the rest of my life making sure that I address it, making sure that I can finally meet who I see in the mirror face to face internally because I have kids to raise and I want to teach them how to be able to do that. I don't want them to not know. Um, that is my motivation and so that I can be present in my relationships, but I definitely understand the frustration. I mean, you know, where we come from, there's different tiers to, to identity crises as a black man. Crisis? Is it crisis? I don't know how you pluralize crises, but um, we get it. <laughs> we'll, we'll rock with that for now. And you know, there's I'm a light skinned black man. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's different. That's different than a dark skinned black man. I'm a light skinned black man who makes music. You know what kind of music? You know, I, I'm it's I'm wearing a hoodie and and a and a backwards cap. You must make hip hop. Sometimes. You know what I mean? Sometimes I kill it on a ballad. You know what I mean? I, I've, I love that. But that doesn't mean I want to be John Legend all the time either. Exactly. You know, I don't want to get typecast. I don't want to get put in this box. When's the last time you seen John Legend like in a video like dancing with some dancers? 
<laughs> you know, this is a topic that to, we, we, we bring up this topic. Say again. I was I was gonna say um, this is a topic we discuss quite a bit with artists is that you know based on your identity you are put into certain genres which then become your box mm -hmm. and it's really a shame that that is how the music industry is constructed because it sets people against each other you know it kind of becomes a competition when you're set into a genre of who does it best or you're set into a genre because the industry sees you as marketable in that genre. Um, and that's how uh, people, I mean, like end up with these labels in boxes and it, it becomes very competitive and toxic, really. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess, I guess there's the, there's, it's always been said that we kind of create our own stereotypes you know, you see a group of people doing a certain thing and a lot of them seem to be doing it, then you just assume that when you see somebody else that looks like them or even kind of sounds like them or came from the same environment that they must think and act the same way. I think at a base level, there's not really anything wrong with that. You know, mm -hmm. we're just always trying to identify everything in life, not only ourselves. So I don't think there's anything well, as humans, we probably, you know, definitely do try to identify, okay, I see this with my eyes. That is how I digest it in my brain and make sense of it too. Well, well, yeah, well, you're right. What I was saying is like, we have to take that a step further. And this is where it takes, um, you just really have to dismiss your ego for this part. It's like, don't think about what, don't make a, a full assumption on somebody's life or mm -hmm. your environment based off of what you've seen, because it might be just a microcosm of what it actually is. When I meet people from a certain group, um, I, I, I really am interested to learn more about them individually. And that may provide me some context from where they come from, but it doesn't scratch the surface. You know, I'm not from where they're from. So I, if I want to go into that depth of it, then I need to go explore that and I need to spend time there and I need to remove my lens and I need to just actually accept what is for what it is. And then when I come back from that experience, I need to also make a determination of how I feel about that and then separate how I feel from what is so that I don't combine those two. Yes. Okay, and, no. You know, I'm, I'm so willing to lead the charge in, in doing something like that. Um, because it's healthy. It's, it's a pursuit of honesty, of vulnerability. And I don't really think it's fair to have many conversations about anything unless we know who we are. Um, yes, you can make a lot of money if you find a way to like really kill that lane in that genre. Um, you know, um, in the music business, they really talk about the power of the single because a single is your first impression. And it's very, very difficult to deviate from the identity that you project in a single, if it's successful. I'll use, um, I always use Christina Aguilera as an example. You know, she comes out with Genie in a Bottle, right? Well, that's who she is for years and years and years. And she, she's like, I don't wanna be known as that, but that song is massive, right? So she just becomes that. And so she fights to put out another single and it may not hit as big. She fights to put another one out and it may do well, but she's still Genie in a Bottle. She eventually yeah. comes out with the song Beautiful. You guys remember that song? What was it? Mm -hmm. No matter what they say. And you're like, whoo, Christina gives me the feels. 
<laughs> able to hear who she is, but she's probably always been that person and we weren't able to see it because all we saw was, I'm a genie in a bottle, baby. You know, it. Yeah. it, it is, it is um, I do think that there's a way, you know, through platforms like this and what you guys are doing, you're taking the time to, you're pressing record to have a real conversation. You yeah. then have to go back and obviously figure out what fits, you know, a feasible format to present to people from a presentation standpoint, but you're not going to try to change the ingredients of what's there to fit a lane that you want to maximize. Because once you do that, you get the money, but you've lied to everybody. You've lost your integrity. You've lost your integrity. And and people lose trust in you immediately. And I think that one thing that, you know, I really stand behind with TCR is honesty and being in it for the right reasons. You know, we're all volunteers, which really honestly gives me comfort because you know that none of these people would be here if they didn't believe in our mission, you mm-hmm. know? And I, I think that by keeping money out of it, you know, like, sure, we're a nonprofit. We need donations to, like, keep the site running. But mm-hmm. if you keep the money out of it, it kind of, you know, keeps its purity in a way. Yeah. Well, I mean, money is something that you make. It doesn't make you. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does, it, it, yeah it, that's true though that's true you know, we yeah. need it it's, it's and and i'm i mean i, I am successful and i want to yeah. be more successful, right like you know i i want to i was telling somebody a couple weeks ago i actually think i was high when i said this but i was telling them <laughs> and I, I still feel the same way i was telling them that i want to build my own space shuttle and they're like the one guy was like well we all want things you know and you know <laughs> Right. <laughs> and I was like, you know, I kind of had this feeling where I'm like, are you are you trying to even insinuate that I can't do that? Because I'm <laughs> I'm gonna do it. And there is a private like, company that just launched uh working with NASA for like just tourism basically into space. If you have like 30 million dollars, you can you know buy a ticket to go into space. Listen, I'll tell you what, <laughs> what'd you say, Nick? It was like five white dudes that ended up in space, like five white. Yeah, like- exactly, exactly. That's what ended up happening. But all I'm saying is, I've never seen, aside from pictures, I've never seen the world outside of you know living in it. I would like to go on a space shuttle and just like go take a trip, you know, float around. You know what I mean? Oh my god! Honestly, because if Elon Musk can build his own space shuttle, like there's really no reason that anybody else can't. <laughs> right, it, it's been done. It can be if done. If I do again. it, if I do it, I don't. It's not like a a life goal. It's just something that I want to do. We want to do. You know, Nick, you wanted to wear that fly turtleneck. You know what I'm saying? Shannon, you want to drink? Is that water? You know what I mean? It's water. Yep. Yeah, it has to be water. You know. Um, and I'll wear a black hoodie today. I also want to build a space shuttle. When I do that, are you guys going to come with me? You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, do you want to float around in space for a week or whatever we do? Yes. And then we're going to do it. I would want to do that more than skydiving or any other. No, I'm not skydiving. That's not. No, I would never skydive. I'm not a skydiver. I can't fathom. I can't fathom jumping off that plane, bro. Like, that's a commitment. That is, that is you know nothing no. and i'm just i'm just nah i'm cool willingly jumping out of a plane does not sound like a good time but space i could fuck with that and this is this is you know i i like to be around people and 
find out what they like to do, find out why, you know, and not critique it. Just, mm-hmm. you know, because when's the last time you were able to do that? You know, everybody always has some kind of critique about what we do and, and what we're trying to do. And I think that's what's probably put us in so much trouble, you know, as a society. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to separate the plight to be successful financially from the plight to be successful by knowing who you are and being able to respect other people. I think those are two different things that actually can work together if we know which one to prioritize. Mm-hmm. I feel like you're doing it really, really well, right? So you do gospel, you do R&B, and you do hip hop. Like usually what you see is that, you know, you have artists that stick to like one or two of those genres. So like you do gospel, but you also doing hip hop. Like usually you see gospel artists and they're just doing gospel music all the time, 24 seven. But you are kind of more than that. Like you do gospel because you love God and you have that relationship with him. But then you also do hip hop because it's just, it's you, you know, that's also a part of you. Like R&B is also a part of you too. So, I mean, on that end too, like I really want to get into the music that you make. So I know that you just had a recent single come out. It's called Closer, right? Can you talk to us a little bit about that and how those like different music and musical influences have kind of like influenced that track itself? Yeah, man, I was, uh, I wore a, a, a t-shirt. I was, like I said, I was leading worship at a church and uh, I wore a t-shirt on the 4th of July that said 846 and it was the time of, that the cop had his knee on George Floyd's, Floyd's neck. And uh, my mom actually gave me that t-shirt when I went to see them. And I had no idea what it was. I just thought it was fresh and I needed to wear something to church to sing and I just put it on. They would, I got this email man afterwards that just basically laid out in a very passive way why we can't, you know, wear t-shirts on stage that are leaning towards one particular part of the conversation and we need to be neutral and um and then it was also that same day there was also a video that they showed at the church that was like about like you know the veterans on you know independence day and Mm -hmm. and how we need to love our country Mm. (laughs) right and i just was like I can't do this anymore. You know, I'm essentially the face of the church to a degree. I'm the first, the first thing you hear mm-hmm. when a service starts is me standing on stage singing these songs in adoration to God. And it's a predominantly white church. Uh, like I said, I love a lot of the people there. I've, I've been able to develop close relationships. So it's really not an attack. It's just, honestly, these are facts. This is what happened, you know? Um, And at that point, I had to figure out a way to express how I felt about this entire racial pandemic we've been going through. So I I sat on the piano and I I made that song in a couple hours. Um, One of my favorite lines from the song is, um, I want to see you in their faces. I'm telling, I'm asking God to help me see him in the faces of those who hate me. Because when I see you, Nick, and when I see you, Shannon, I see somebody who did not create themselves. I see a work of art. I see a work of art and an expression from the same God who made me. And whether you hate me or not, it doesn't take away from how beautiful you are. But when I'm in pain 
have a difficult time feeling that way. You know, when I feel marginalized, I have a difficult time feeling that way. And I don't want any evil or negativity in this world to control me. So I created this ballad. I intentionally made sure that it was an expression from me. It's very classical. I love classical music. I love jazz. I love soul. Um, I've never classified my sound. You know, I, I remember doing a song um, called Together Forever, and it was a ballad but I rapped on it and I asked the question, what is the difference between Christian and gospel music? You know what I mean? Like, why are there two genres within the same genre? Right. I mean, that's a racial issue, right? That's a racial issue. Mm -hmm. I like to, I'll bring some Tevin Campbell into a worship song because I love Tevin, right? That, I love baby. <laughs> okay. I love R&B, man. I love soul. So I'll do, I don't care. You know, right. if what I say needs to be categorized, I mean, who put out the biggest gospel album of what, 2019? Or was 2020 is like suppressed trauma. I don't even remember what happened in 2020. When did Kanye put out Jesus is King, the album? Uh, yeah. Was late 2019, right? That was the biggest gospel album ever. Was it? I didn't even know that. He charted in every category of music and blew the billboard charts of gospel out of the water. I can't imagine a single gospel artist who has done as well as Kanye West has combined. It, I'm talking about his polarizing career. There, mm -hmm. are people, there are people who know their names, but mm -hmm. Kanye West at the height of his career drops a gospel album that's called Jesus is King and it takes over the whole world and he's on there doing whatever he wants to do with the music. It doesn't sound like Hillsong. It doesn't sound like Kirk Franklin. It doesn't sound like anything. It sounds like Kanye, right? Does mm -hmm. that make Kanye a gospel artist? No, it makes Kanye Kanye. It makes Kanye Kanye, yes. Right? And then there's a whole choir that travels the world and sings that he put together for whatever reason he wanted to. You know, I think that that's where... You know, when I when I released Closer, I just put it out there because I knew that people needed it because I knew I knew. Mm -hmm. So that's really all it was. I don't know what I don't know what you would classify it as. It's a song. <laughs> song that's you. Justin Gray, that's who it is. It's a song that was birthed from pain and, um, you know, marginalization and frustration and fear and doubt. You know, I left the church after that. Right. I mean, I walked away from. From a that's, un that's unfortunate because I mean clearly you had a connection with that place prior to right like you you had been singing there before I took the position there um I moved to Cincinnati to really pursue therapy after my divorce I couldn't I couldn't go to a gas station or to a to a store in Columbus without being recognized and I was not able to really go through my divorce quietly so I, mm -hmm. I just I didn't leave Ohio because my daughter's there, you know? So I stayed put and went to Cincinnati, met a great guy. We connected, I built some great relationships and I love to help people and I do love God. And I know how to sing and play and you know, we do all that. So yeah, there was a community being built and I do believe it's still there. I don't feel any differently about them, but it wasn't healthy for me. Right. So after that, right after I released that song, I relapsed, I got into my addiction. I. I I really fucked up. And then I ended up in a mental ward. You know what I'm saying? And it was like, I can't 
just get out of here and figure out how to put these pieces together here. It's time for me to, to, to move forward. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was, that was it. And that was then I'm here now. Like, it was a, having the greatest time of my life now. There's new music coming out. Yes. Yeah. Oh my gosh. By the way, I know we always try to ask that, but like Valentine's you know. Day. Valentine's Day. Valentine's. So the the twelfth, um, what two weeks, roughly? Yeah. I, um, I have two a little songs. over. And they're and they're and they're the first, the first songs coming out since this like full transition. You know, this is um, this is really exciting for me because now I don't have any, anything holding me back. And everybody likes to hear that. You know what I mean? Everybody likes to hear this, the art that comes from that. So mm -hmm. um, I don't know, maybe I'll get you guys an early copy. Yeah, please. I'm really, that would be really cool. Like I'm really, yes. what this yeah, new I want you guys, I want you guys to hear the sound that matches where I am now. You know, Closer was, mm -hmm. like, Closer was like my funeral. That was so it. this is your I, rebirth. I think this is who I was, and whoever I whoever died wasn't who I was. You know what I mean? Like I was just yeah. trying. It was like the shell, you know. So I put it away, gotcha. and now, like I've been here the whole time. Like, what's up, y'all? <laughs> you know? So um, that's I great. Think I really love it. I mean, it is. There's a lot of progressive R and B in there. Mm -hmm. I'm just not really messing with any space that's trying to keep me locked into it. So. I'm super excited to hear that. I really want to hear what you got coming out that reflects yeah, you. Yeah, I'll send it to you guys. I'll, I'll get it to you. I'll have my manager um, talk to Brittany and, and we'll get it to you guys. Bless. Oh my gosh. That's Shane, exciting. So cool. Uh, yeah, I think y'all going to feel really, it. Yeah. I really enjoyed getting to know you. And I just wanted to say, like, first of all, thank you so much for taking this time to talk to us and and really, like, you know, diving into the conversation with us, which... I always feel like, you know, blessed when people are are willing to just open up and, and this is like a safe space and that's what we want for you. But also I wanted to say that your music is so spiritual. Like I don't identify as religious. I did come from the Catholic church. Like I was raised in it, but I feel spiritual now. And I felt, you know, your music engaging my, my spiritual <laughs> beliefs it was really um powerful and i'm very excited to hear this new music uh we i do want to ask you one last question though kind of on an ending note um looking forward for our viewers and listeners to be able to you know follow us along this conversation do you have any advice for young aspiring artists or you know people who are already in the music industry would you have any advice to share with them? Um, yeah. I, I'm just trying to consolidate it to one sentence. I think what it is, is um, what, what you have inside of you and who you are is enough and you matter. Um, Hey, fuck the music, man. You know what I mean? Like you matter. Like after we end this Zoom call, like Nick's doing whatever he's going to do. Shannon's unpacking. And I need you both to know that like you matter. Um, 
there's one thing that we cannot get therapy for, we can't go to the hospital for, we can't take a vaccine for, and that is suicide. And I think that that's the pandemic that is coming. And I actually think it's going to, we're gonna see it more prominent in religious spaces Hmm. than anywhere. I mean, because people are gonna recognize how traumatic what type of what type of trauma they've experienced they're not going to be able to handle it so I say all that to say like as an artist your expression matters but you matter more and so protect that um the relationships will come don't worry about the trends trends come and go you know you be yourself and that's how you create a trend mm-hmm. um I'm always here so when y'all want to hit me up just get on IG and, 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 and hit the DMS. I'll probably hit you right back. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I'm here to help. So, um, love the business, hate the industry. They're two different things and love yourself. That's it. That's perfect. Thank oh, you. Thank, thank you. you so much for coming on to this platform to talk about this. I, I'm, just personally thanking you for kind of vocalizing the trauma that you've experienced in your life and how it's kind of molded you into this person who has this self-assurance, self-peace, and this really strong relationship with God and your spirituality. Like that's really we have to go through this stuff, man. We have to go through this. And if I don't hear from y'all after this, I'm gonna feel some kind of way. So, <laughs> no, 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 no. no. For sure. I mean, for the website alone, we definitely want to reconnect in a year from now because we are, you know, hoping to circle back and follow up and see where you are in a year. But personally, I I feel yeah like- yeah. Let's go. That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, we can talk more out outside yeah. of it. So yeah. Thank you. Cultural. Well- I'll uh, I'll close things off, and I, again, I just want to reiterate: like this is this has been a great discussion. Um, you guys listen to Kristen's new single, um, listen to honestly all of his discography because it's all incredible, um, and you know follow this man because he's definitely somebody who is just genuine and then just good, and he just knows his path. So, what's um, your Instagram, really quick? Yes, yeah, at Kristen C H R I S T O N Gray G R A Y, all one word. There we go. Perfect. Now follow. follow. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. Right, yeah, much love to you guys, and uh, keep me posted on um, on all of this. Absolutely. Thank right. you to our listeners and viewers. All right, all right guys. I'll talk to you. Please.